0: About being filled with the Spirit and uh, the importance of being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues. I, I'm assuming you all come from Spirit-filled churches. Uh, maybe, maybe not everybody, but most of you. But you need it. You need the Spirit-filled experience, and you need to stay full, yeah. and you need to be praying in the Spirit every day. And I'm going to talk to you about that in some depth tonight. Not going to wear you out teaching because I've got some ministry I want to do, but I want to talk to you about it. And I want to talk to you about some... uh, First of all, I'll tell you what, let's go over to Ephesians chapter 5. I feel led to start over there. Ephesians chapter 5. I want to thank everybody for coming to the camp this year. I think it's the best camp we've ever had. By far, just much more accuracy in the Spirit, more more strength in the Spirit. Uh, Just amazed at all the speakers, how well they have... Uh, you know, not that I'm judging them, but just how well they've done to teach us and minister to us and yeah. yield to the Spirit, yeah. you know. And, um, and you all for your reverence towards the Holy Ghost has been amazing. You know, just through all the speakers, how you've responded to the Holy Ghost and, and shown Him reverence. And, uh, but I tell you, there's something on my heart, and it's, it's, it's to deal with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I was telling my church recently, you know, uh, it's one thing to know the Word, and I'm a pretty studious person, if you know me, if you don't, I'm just telling you, I'm pretty studious, I'm pretty thorough. But sometimes, you know, you can get so meticulous about the Word, you forgot about the Spirit, and the Spirit of God's trying to use you, and you're not even, you're oblivious to it almost. And I'm I'm not condemning you, I'm just trying to help you to see you need to be Word and Spirit people. And praying in the Spirit is a key, it's a doorway. You might want to write this down if you, if you don't have to, but praying in the Spirit's a doorway into the supernatural. That's right. And so um, what I was going to say about the Holy Spirit was, though, that it seems like in my life, and even though I've been a pretty studious person now, I've been saved over 40 years. I was a drug addict and a drug dealer when I got saved, so I was pretty serious about my life in the wrong direction. When I got in Christ, I started getting serious about Him. And I've done my best to try to be studious and everything, but the point is that even as much word as some of us know, the Holy Ghost has been the main one who's spoken to me about things in my life that are strategic. I don't know if you can understand that or not. You're going to need to understand that if you're ever going to walk with God very far and very tight, you're going to have to hear Him speak to you. I'm married to the woman I'm married to because God spoke to me. I moved to Louisville, Kentucky because God spoke. I didn't want to live in Louisville. I wanted to go to Florida and go to Bible school. God said, I want you to be in Louisville by August and get in that Bible school. So I did that. I pastor the church today that I pastor because God spoke to me. I live in the house I live in today because God spoke to me. I drive the car I drive because God spoke to me. I have this camp because God spoke to me. Uh, I, you know, uh, just on and on I could go. My ministry today, which involves both pastoring a church, overseeing it, and then traveling, is because God spoke to me. Right. It, these are all things that God told me to do. I didn't, I didn't try to figure it out in my head, but I prayed enough and He would speak to me about these strategic things that I'm doing right now. My healing ministry and everything, all that's involved in what I do and how I respond to Him and things like that, He spoke to me i'd like to tell you i was obedient quick but i wasn't Sometimes my angel book i should have wrote it 20 years before but i put it off because i didn't think i could do it and I didn't think i was smart enough and i didn't think i could really write it and it'd be any count and so i just said no i i just i didn't say no to god but i just didn't respond to him and uh, then dr Dufresne got in my life years down the road and he said man you and he asked me he got a discussion with me one day about angels and he knew I knew something about him. He said, send me your notes. And I sent them to him. He said, man, Pastor Michael, you need to write a book about angels. And I said, well, I don't know about that. And, you know, he asked me about four or five times. That lasted about two years. And then he quit asking me. And then the Lord finally said to me, are you ever going to do what I'm telling you to do? You're just going to ignore me. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I, I will do that. So I wrote a book. Then I wrote a book on spiritual fathers. Then I wrote a book on demons and deliverance. and I've got other books in me. I'm not saying that to boast in me. I just told you what I want. You know, it's what God's told me to do that I'm trying to do to accomplish things in my life. And you'll be the same way. And you not only need to know your word, you do need to know the word, but you need to hear from heaven. See, because the Holy Ghost He's your guide. He's your teacher. And He'll speak to you and tell you what to do. And what, you know, who to marry or who not to marry or where to go to church or You know, everything that's important to you is important to God. And so I don't know if everybody here is filled and and speaks in other tongues, but I'm going to make that available tonight. Or maybe you thought this or you dreamed this or maybe somebody unfortunately taught you this, that when you got filled with the Spirit, you topped out, baby. You got it all now. No, you just started. You're supposed to be praying in tongues every day of your life, and it should have been expanding over a period of time where you can handle praying in tongues for a long period of time if you need to. Not everything's going to come in a minute or two minutes or three minutes or whatever. You've got to be willing to pray and communicate with God in other tongues and realize that when you do that, your spirit, the real you on the inside is a spirit being. You, You have a soul, which is your mind, your will and emotions, and you live in a physical body. But the real you is spiritual. He's the man you can't see. You can't see my spirit. You just see my shell that I walk around in, this earth suit, if you will. But the real me is spiritual, and it's imperative that my spirit is in contact with God. And when I begin to speak in other tongues, either pray in other tongues or speak to God in other tongues, using my prayer language that He's given me, then my spirit is in contact with God, and my spirit is activated. See, we live in a society anymore that's heady. And there's nothing wrong with being smart in your brain if you do algebra and higher math. There's nothing wrong with understanding natural things with your brain, but you're never going to understand God with your brain. You're going to have to engage Him as He is. He's a spirit being. You're a spirit. He's a spirit. And when you pray in the spirit, then you're praying in the spirit language and you're communicating with God. It's just real simple. Hallelujah. So where did I ask you to turn to Ephesians? Let's look at Ephesians 5 a minute. Look at this here, verse uh, 16 and following. He tells us here, redeeming the time because the days are evil. That doesn't mean every day has to take you out because there's evil in it, but he's just telling us and helping us to see we need to make good use of our time. And in the context that I'm teaching you, how about praying in tongues instead of... uh, a lot of other things that you do sometimes. Maybe it's not evil. Maybe it's not sinful. Maybe it's not wrong. It just takes up your time. Now, you know, I didn't learn this at first, and it took me a while to learn it. I'm sorry to say I'm going to be 64 in about four weeks. I don't know how I got here that quick. But, you know, I don't have time to do a lot of things I did in my 30s, 40s. I just, and I don't have time to do that and do what God's telling me to do also. So I, something's got to give it up here. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with some things that I used to do. I used to go fishing, used to play golf. I might still do that occasionally, but I haven't done it a lot in several years now because I'm too busy about the Father's business. Amen. I'm just trying to find time to, you know, uh, be homesome with my family and my grandkids and my wife and things like that. I'm not bragging, I'm just talking. Amen. But when you find out what the plan of God is for your life, you need to, you need to consider that. And that needs to be priority number one for you to do that. If you don't get to watch as much TV as you used to, well then so, so be it. You don't get to do as much other frivolous things you used to do, then so be it. You know, there's a price to be paid somewhat to get into these things. Uh, and it's, it takes your time to do that sometimes. I didn't learn this overnight, and you won't either, but I did learn some things in 40 years. And uh, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost right now and how important He is. So let me go on with this here. He says, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is, and be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit speaking. So what God wants for us is to be filled with the Spirit and speaking things out. And He means by the Spirit. He says Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. A spiritual song's not one that's just... Got a little nice rhythm to it. A spiritual song is one that's given by the Holy Ghost to you to sing out. Amen. You know, it may rhyme, may not rhyme. It may not sound pretty to somebody else, but it should sound right with you when you're worshiping God. Your, your ability to speak in tongues in part is to worship God and minister to Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you're going to be, it's, it tells you right here, you're going to be in excess, but you're not going to be in excess of a natural substance like liquor we shouldn't have anything to do with that anyway. Yes, right. But we should be filled with the Spirit. And when you get filled, you will speak. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> let, me, let me give you a couple comments here that I think is real important. Brother Hagin said this. He said, we should know more things by the Spirit than we do. Brother Hagin's in heaven now. Kenneth E. Hagen, everybody know who that is? Maybe some of you don't. He's a very powerful man of God, uh, really a prophet. And he went home in 2003, but he he wrote a lot of books. He walked with God. He knew God quite well. And I I value his comments. And he says, we should know more things by the Spirit than we do. We come up so short when it comes to the supernatural because our spirits are not as spiritually keen as they should be, and we're not trained. So tonight I want to do a little training with you on uh, the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues and why that's valuable to you. Now, you know, I grew, up, I grew up a natural guy. You know, I went to church from 5 to 15, but I didn't pay any attention. I had a bad attitude. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I did. My mother, she tried to bring me up in church because I was a little crippled boy like Forrest Gump. I wore braces for three years of my life. They said I'd never walk without artificial help. And God healed me. So she committed to God to raise me in church if God would heal me. She, and she's not a Pentecostal lady to this day. She's 82. She doesn't know nothing about healing. <laughs> nothing. I'm, I'm, just, I'm not ridiculing my mother, but she don't listen to me. And she don't listen to faith and, and healing. And she don't know nothing about it. She was just a mom with a boy whose dad ran off on us. And, uh, and I was a crippled boy with braces. And uh, she just fell up against the refrigerator because the doctor said, well, we've done everything we can do for him, so he's just going to be like this. He'll probably go to a wheelchair eventually, and you just push him around and all that. And she went home. This is her story. She said, I was a backslidden Christian, Michael. I fell up against the refrigerator and said, God, if you'll heal my boy, I'll bring him up in church. Well, she did, but I grew up in a church that didn't teach this. If it ever came up, the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues, people made fun of it. They ridiculed it. They, they said, well, that's for those ignorant people on the other side of the tracks. or That's for people that don't, don't have much. They need something. And that's furthest from the truth that's ever been told. It's the most important thing in your life after the new birth. To be filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues. And then realize that's just the, the beginning of a lifetime of enjoying your life over in the Spirit. Because praying in other tongues, speaking in other tongues is the doorway into the supernatural. You're not going to get over there without that.
1: That's right. Amen.
0: You know, if we put a lock on the door in the back, we'd keep everybody out we don't want. Because yeah. you'd have to come through a door to get in this room. Well, it's just like that with God. There's a whole world of the supernatural waiting for all of you. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about weirdness and just acting out and acting foolish, but there's a whole real world of the supernatural. All the gifts of the Spirit are in there. All the ministry gifts are in that. And a lot of other things I could mention, healing, deliverance, just all kinds of stuff. But if we don't give our time to praying in other tongues and communicating with God correctly, we're never going to get into that. You know, people ask me, well, they ask me a lot of times about angels because I teach a lot on them. They said, how is it you always have a lot of manifestations of angels in your me? And by the way, I was talking to God today and He said they'd be here tonight to help me. So praise the Lord. Amen. But I always, my common answer is, well, I teach it. But the other thing I would add to that today is I speak in tongues a lot in my private time. Therefore, you know, I have different things that occur in my life. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have those things. I just get up and teach. I can teach. I'm not bragging. I've got a gift of teaching. But that's a lower gift than the ministry of the prophet. (laughs) I lay down to go to sleep Saturday night in my bed and I was just laying there. And, and praying in other tongues and I was just laying there praying in tongues for about five minutes and all of a sudden I had a vision there was a, a human being standing before me He's was a man he had a line down his face like that down his chest and all the way down to his toes and one side of him was totally normal and the other side was deteriorated he didn't have any flesh on his bones and he had, he had uh, problems in his body I could see him. And I got to church the next day and I got up and I said, now I had a vision last night and everybody that has something wrong on the right side of your body, get up here. I don't care if it's your eye, your ear, your jaw, your teeth, this side of your, this lung, all the way down. And you know, people filled up that altar and I believe they got healed. Now, I'm not bragging on me and I'm not telling you you're going to have a vision, but I know one thing, you're not going to have a vision if you don't spend much time praying in other tongues. (laughs) Because you wouldn't know what to do with it. You go, wow, well that is a wow, but still you got to know how to deal with it, to deal with it skillfully. See, and when I had it, I knew what God was telling me to do and how to say it, and people respond. Mm -hmm. Not bragging on me, I'm just talking about my walk with God. And I wish I'd have taught a little stronger on this 30 years ago, but I have taught in my church, you know, about being spirit-filled. People come up, I lay hands on them, they get filled, and they begin to speak. But I can just tell you right now, even even my precious church, and it's a wonderful church, people aren't praying in tongues enough, or they wouldn't be the way they are. It'll change you. Amen. You know, you probably just excel your parents maybe, and I don't know, excel a lot of people. But you ought to want God's best for you. And what I'm trying to show you is that's the doorway into the supernatural. Mm-hmm. You know, now that's part of the reason I didn't want God in my life back then as a kid. Because I went to a church it was flat boring. It was just flat boring. I mean, it was boring. And I tried to get out every time I could because I didn't see anything valuable in it. Part of that was my problem. Part of it was what they taught or what they didn't teach. Is anybody listening? Yes, All right. Let me talk to you just a little bit easier. I mean, just a little bit fuller about some things here. Uh, being filled with the Spirit is worthwhile no matter what it costs. Ms. Wigglesworth said that. He raised 23 people from the dead in his lifetime. Let me read you a couple comments here. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. A man will avoid the mistakes of an empty man. A full man will avoid the mistakes of an empty man. Brother Hagen says, The further in the Spirit you get, the more results you'll get. More healings, more miracles, and answers to prayer. Praise God. The more, and, and a part of getting in the Spirit is to pray in the Spirit. Right. To pray in the Spirit. So let's talk about that a little bit here. Let's go, let's go over here. First of all, to Acts 2 and verse 4. We're just going to look at this verse for a minute, then we've got a lot of other verses to look at, and I won't wear you out, but I I want you to get this tonight because the Bible just told us to be filled with the Spirit. And actual, the original language in Ephesians, I'm over in Acts 2 and 4, it says to be continually filled with the Spirit. To be ongoingly, the verb there in the Greek, you know, I took Greek in seminary, not trying to impress you, but... I did, and I knew something about it. I mean, I studied it and stuff, and I've checked it out, and it means to be continually filled with the Spirit. So it is, a, it is a one-time event in the sense that you get filled initially, and you speak, but then there's many infillings after that, many impartations after that you might receive. Hallelujah. And it takes you further and further and further into the Spirit and into the things of God. Hallelujah. All right, so... We're talking here about something, and I want to show you what happens when you get filled. Acts 2, starting in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Hey, they were in agreement like us tonight. I mean, you guys kind of just took that song and ran with it, and then, praise the Lord, we all kind of spontaneously began to worship the Lord there. And suddenly there came a sound, verse 2, From heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. Notice that, each of them. And they were all filled. How many? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now see, you need to realize that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He doesn't force you. He's not going to grab your vocal cords and make you say something, that'd be manipulation. That'd, the devil might try stu- stupid stuff like that. But the Holy Ghost is God, and He's polite, and He's a gentleman. So you have to ask to receive the Holy Ghost, and then yield yourself to speak out whatever God gives you that's not English. Now, see, I told you a little bit about my home, my church at home. You know, it was a Southern Baptist church, and they didn't teach in this. And they made fun of it. And then, you know, I, then God called me into ministry, and I went to a seminary in Louisville. And they didn't teach about it either, and they made fun of it. And then I came down to my last two weeks before I graduated from seminary. And one of my classes, I had three other guys with me. We were uh, divided up in four, in four people in a group. And we were asked to go interview a church that was growing quickly in the city So we interviewed a church that was, uh, at that time, charismatic or spirit-filled, we would call it. They spoke in tongues. I heard terrible things about this pastor. Oh, my God. Man, it was just terrible stuff. But I went because I had a clean heart and I just wanted to go. And I knew his church was exploding with growth. And even though I was a little bit leery maybe of what I might find because I'd never been around anybody spirit-filled... These four of us went we got in his office. The minute he walked in, I knew everything I'd heard about him was a lie. He didn't even have to open his mouth. I knew by the Spirit, this guy's the real deal. Yeah. So he sat down and he says, what can I do for you men? And, and, and somebody began to ask him, what, what, what do you contribute your church growing so quick for? And he said, I just get up and teach them the Word, brothers, and uh, tell them to obey it. And, and uh, you know, teach about the Spirit-filled life. And one guy sitting by me, he's a real smart aleck, unfortunately. He said to this pastor... I just want you to know I got all the Holy Ghost in me when I got saved. Just like that. Man, I wanted to slap him. And I just, I wonder what in the world is this pastor? How's he going to respond? And he said, well, if you got him all, where is he? In other words, you're acting like a B-U-T-T. Because he didn't come on the attack to us. This other student that's with me, you know. And he said, listen, gentlemen, I'm not here to argue anything. You came to me, you want to know, and I'm telling you. I tell you what I will say, though, if you're interested in this, you guys need to buy Dennis Bennett's book. He's an Episcopalian now. And I'm a Baptist, not the, pre- not the guy there in the church, but the guy that wrote the book. He's an Episcopalian priest. And this Baptist pastor's telling us, you need to get that book and read it. And I'm thinking, read a book by an Episcopalian. Man, I'm way out now. But when I left that office that day, that pastor so affected me by his love walk and his attitude towards my not-so-smart friend that shot his mouth off, I thought, you know, maybe I should read that book. Because, see, I'm, I'm starting to get hungry for the things of God. And not only that, I'm in a class at, at seminary level class that's teaching the book of Acts, and my professor gets up every day and teaches out of the book of Acts, and he destroys the supernatural. He was also my Greek professor... That's unfortunate for him because he taught me enough Greek to figure out he was wrong. So I was starting to mentally challenge, not challenge him in class. I'm not there to challenge my professor. But I realized he's not talking straight. He's destroying... He took angels out of the book of Acts, demons out of the book of Acts, the gifts of the Spirit out of the book of Acts, speaking, and he, just, and he didn't have any reason to do that except he didn't embrace it, he didn't like it, so he thought he'd run it down. And I'd come home at night and get in my Greek New Testament and I'd find out he was lying. So how do you think that made me feel? made me feel more challenged like, man, I'm going to figure this out. Because if there's something to this Holy Ghost that I need to know. Because see, now I'm a Baptist. I thought I got all the Holy Ghost too when I got first saved. Now if you listen to me tonight with an open mind, I can help you. I'm not, nobody's going to cram the Holy Ghost down anybody. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pray for people in just a few minutes for, to be filled. And we're going to pray in tongues together. How many already pray in the Spirit? That's a goodly number. Maybe not everybody, but it uh, looks like a lot of you do. And we need to be doing this more often because that's important that we pray in the Spirit and that we continue to do that. Where was I? Oh, I was going to read that book. So these two guys, there was two other guys and me and the guy with the smart mouth. And the other two guys said, listen, uh, Michael, we're going to go to the bookstore. Uh, How about we bring you that book Tuesday? You know, because we didn't have classes on Monday during that time. And I said, that'd be fine. I'll pay you for it. And. I got home that night on a Friday afternoon and they were knocking on my door an hour later. We were just in the neighborhood. We thought we'd bring this by. So they brought it by and I went back to my study and I read about four pages and I started dawning on me. This guy knows what he's talking about. This Episcopalian priest. He's talking about the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. Now see, I'm not taught... My church didn't teach me. My seminary didn't teach me. I'm just a blank piece of paper in that area because I don't know anything about it other than what they've made fun of. But all of a sudden, this Episcopalian priest, he's writing some things, and he's making a lot of sense to me. And I mean, I'm I'm ready to start speaking in tongues, but I had guests coming that night to my home, and I didn't want to, you know, do that right then because they were practically knocking on the door... And so we had, we had dinner with them at our house or something, then they left, and the next morning was a Saturday morning, never forget it, I got up in May, two weeks before I graduated from seminary, and I read another four pages, and I got on my knees right there in my little study room in our little old apartment, and I said, Lord, I want this, I know this is for me, and I can see from what this man's saying, I've missed it. And I don't know why I talk like this. I normally wouldn't have said something like this, but all of a sudden I said, I had, I was on my knees, had my hands up. I said, Father, I don't care who it separates me from or who it takes me to. I want this experience. And all of a sudden, the power of God came on me, and I started, and I started speaking in tongues. And I said, T. That was the first words that came out of my mouth when I got filled with the Spirit. And oh, what I just was. Oh, it was just so wonderful. I said, t," And all of a sudden, it's like the devil was jumping around me. Ha-ha, I got you now, I got you now. What are you going to do with this? And all of a sudden, from the inside of me, now remember, I'd just gotten filled just a few seconds before. The Spirit of God rose up on the inside, and the Lord said, this is me, Michael. Don't turn loose of it. See, because he knew what kind of pressure was going to come to me. Is anybody listening? So later that summer, you know, I got challenged by the officials you know, the higher ups in my denomination they called me on the carpet and 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 just told me I was a dumb Bible school student and I just needed more education and ridiculed me and made fun of me. You gotta realize that I was only twenty I was only twenty eight years old then. I'm sixty four now almost. And they all had doctorates and they all had big churches and they had, you know, paid parking lots and I was meeting down at the community room next to the firehouse in Fern Creek. It wasn't really prestigious at all. And I'd come in every service and get the fold-down chairs out of the closet of the community room and set them up in our little pulpit we had and uh, preach the Word. So, you know, I, it was just a challenge to me. I'm just talking to you here. Yeah. But I made the right decisions. Yeah. You know, I came out of that office that day and... <laughs> man, <laughs> you talk about feeling, you know, whatever, challenged. These guys all had a long time in ministry. I was just starting... And, uh, you know, I had about a year or two under my belt or something. They were all been in the ministry a long time. So I left that office that day and started down the hall. And the devil said, now, listen, if you'll shut up about healing and tongues, I'll put you in a good parsonage and I'll take care of you. I said, no way. I'm not going to do that. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, what do you do? I don't know. That's just the way I think. I'm just straight up. I said, Jesus, what are you going to do? If I stay with you, because you know I'm going to stay with you anyway. He said, I'm going to only promise you my power, Michael. You stay with me, you'll have my power. That's all I'm going to promise you right now. I said, I'll take it. So then several months later, I resigned my church. You know, left the denomination. Now i got nowhere to preach. See, but God was in it. He was orchestrating all my steps. You know, by the next Sunday, I resigned my church on a Sunday night. and By the next Sunday, I was preaching in Otisco. Indiana, and went there with 18 people. We grew to 150 over four years. And just all kinds of things started happening. But what I began to see immediately when I got filled with the Spirit, I began to see healing in the Bible. I began to see deliverance in the Bible. People could be delivered from evil spirits. That was a real ministry. And, and, every, and then all my, even some, and then of course nobody wanted to be around me. All the Pentecostal people thought I was ex-Baptist, so they were afraid of me. And all the Baptists didn't want to be around me because I spoke in tongues now yeah. and believed in healing the sick. So you can see what it brought me into. and Yet God ordained it and continued to carry me on and on and on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Yes, <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's go over here a minute to, um, to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. i got to get some more scripture in you a little bit tonight. and. I want, to, I want to talk to you about things you can do once you're spirit-filled. This is not a complete list, but this will help us, uh, you know, be on the right page, so to speak. Um, speaking in tongues is to be a, a, a continuous thing in our life once we get filled that should never dry up. We should never get away from it. Hallelujah. And then it says here, 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. Let me read this to you. Look at this with me a minute. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, uh, unknown is not in the original Bible, but still they're trying to say a, a language you didn't learn. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So, you know, somebody say, well, how important would it be to speak in tongues? Well, you're talking to God. It says he that speaketh is speaking to God, not to men. Hallelujah. So I get along with God today. I, I got in, in the chair in the living room there and sat there for a while and just sat and prayed in tongues. Talked to my father about this service. About what he wanted to do tonight. Then I went in the kitchen and, and looked at some notes and I prayed a little bit in tongues in there. And then I went in the bedroom and I went in there to lay down but I was too wound up for first so I just prayed in tongues for a while. And you know I try to do that as much as I can lately because... I know it's helping keep me over in the spirit more. Yeah. Amen. That's not a weird realm, it's, but it's a different realm than this natural. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it, it, you, you'll see, let me, let me read this to you again. Let me see what else I put down here. You're speaking to God. You're communicating to God. And you're speaking, it says here, it's a little bit misleading, says speaking mysteries, but the Greek there says you're speaking out the plans and purposes of God for your life. Now, I'm getting down into something with you here. Just give me a little time to get this taught to you. you when you speak in tongues, if you, there's different things you can pray about. But one thing you can do, you can just sit down or, or whatever, whatever you want to do by yourself and say, Father, I'm praying about my future now. Brosele mandala bosteke, bacasta, e and you get pray, I've prayed more than four hours before, just sitting. But you don't maybe pray that much right now, but maybe you pray a little bit, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Why don't you expand a little? Yeah. And you may know when you're done praying at that moment that God is telling you something. Something comes up into your mind and you know it's from Him about your future or whatever and you can act on it then or it may be over a period of time you're praying every day in the spirit you're giving yourself some time to do that now just think about what I'm going to say here I'm not trying to be rude but if you really love him you just said we give you our hearts I did too then I'm going to if I say I give you my heart and I never spend any time with him communicating how in the world am I going to hear from him I know His Word is truth, I know that, and it's eternal, and you can always glean something from the Scriptures, but you also need to glean something by hearing Him speak to you in His own voice, by the voice of the Holy Spirit within you, and let Him tell you what He has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What I'm doing right now with my life came out of a conversation I had with Him about, I don't know, 15 or more years ago. And at that time, I was, uh, you know, going to mission field quite a bit, maybe four or five times a year. Plus, That was my trips. And then I went with Dr. on some of his trips, Dr. Dufresne, my spiritual. And then I was doing some meetings, you know, uh, at different churches periodically. But nothing like what I'm doing today. And the Lord spoke to me in my prayer time one day and said, Michael, I've got churches for you to go to you don't know anything about. You don't even know these preachers yet. They're not even in your life. But you have something in you. I want you to deposit there. And I want you to help those preachers that you don't know now. And, and I said to the Lord, I was respectful. I said, well, Lord, couldn't you get somebody else? Because you got me going on the mission field right now. You got me going, you know, on doctor's trips, Dr. Dufresne, my spiritual father. You got me writing books. You got me pastoring this church. And I was just talking. I wasn't argumentative or nothing, but I said, well, couldn't you? And it wasn't out of a false humility. I just felt like, how can I put more on my plate? Mm -hmm. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And he got silent on me for a minute. Now, I'm having a conversation with God. This is why I'm doing what I do today, because of this conversation. (laughs) And he said, he said, Michael, I'm not talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you, son. And then he got real silent again. I thought, oh, I'm in trouble. And he said, and if you don't, you're going to be in disobedience and a lot of stuff's going to start happening you're not going to want. And he wasn't threatening me. He was just letting me know if I got out of his will, there was going to be something to pay that I didn't want to have to pay that price to be out of the will of God. And so I said, Lord, I'd be happy to do that for you. But uh, let me ask you one thing. I need your help, Father, because I can't figure out in my head how I could put more on me than I'm already doing. He said, I'm glad you asked. All you had to do was ask me. And how simple is that? Yes, and he began to show me how to do that. Plus, my church has been very open to me. You know, my home church, because a lot of churches, you know, they don't want their pastor gone twice a month or whatever I'm gone. Plus, my family has to give me up, if you want to call it that. And I, I can't be in two places at the same time. I'm just talking to you. I don't know if I'm helping you or not. You're kind of quiet on me. That's how I figure out what I'm supposed to do. And sometimes God will say, somebody will call me and ask me to come. The Lord say, don't go. Not right now, anyway. So I say, well, I, I, I'm not going to be able to come right now. Put it on the back burner. And if he talks to me, I'll call you. How's that? Or whatever. See, doing what God tells you to do puts you in a good position yeah. with God to accomplish the perfect will of God. Yeah. And it comes by praying in the Spirit. This is what I'm trying to say to you. You're, you're, when you, we speak in tongues, our spirit is activated, and your spirit is in contact with God. Think about that. Your spirit is activated. It act, it's, comes alive uh, as you're praying in the Spirit, and it's activated. Yeah. I hope you can understand me. I'll make it as, cl- as clear as I can. And it's important because your spirit can be built up just like your body can be built up. You know what I mean? The guys that lift weights and do all this stuff and they look pretty healthy. This guy right here, he looks pretty healthy. He looks like he's a ranger or something, you know. (laughs) And stuff. But I look like that on the inside. (laughs) I'm working my spirit out. (laughs) <laughs> Me and another friend of mine was in a gym one time, and guys, we were in the steam room. Guys came in looked like him, you know. And uh, man, we, we, I said to him, we look like the Pillsbury Doughboys here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I said, but we look like him on the inside. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something to keeping your body up. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying to you. That's important. But not near as important as your spirit being in contact with God every day and hearing from heaven clearly and doing what God tells you to do. A lot of people get in trouble because they don't do what God tells them to do because they're not listening or they're just disobedient. This is an important message. Because we're talking about something that's of the spirit world. We move into the spirit realm by speaking in the spirit. I don't know if you, you knew that or not, but you're, you're moving in the spirit when you speak into the spirit. You're, you're moving over into that spirit world like that. And of course, we need to learn how to be at home and comfortable and knowledgeable in that realm of the spirit. It's not a weird world, it's a, it's a real world, but it's just a different dimension. When we're in this earth, we're walking, but if we're praying in the Spirit constantly or a lot, then we're going to be more attuned to things of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. He's going to be speaking to us. He's going to be sharing with us what we need to do to move forward and to move out. Praise God. Here's another thing. Let's go over to Jude a minute. There's just one chapter. It's way back by the book of Revelation. You learned anything? Just getting started good here. But I want to I get some more of this in you because this is so vital to us that, you know, you talk about being free. This is a key that will change your life now and every day the rest of your life. Hallelujah. Some people say to me, well, I don't seem to be making much spiritual progress, Pastor. And, you know, I used to do this a lot. People would come to me as a pastor, you know, for counseling. You know what I mean? Somebody call, make an appointment. Want to come in and sit down and talk to me? And so what I started doing, when they'd come in, I'd say, when's the last time you prayed in tongues 30 minutes without stopping? And that's the way they do. They go. (laughs) You know, you can feel those wheels turning. They're they're trying to figure out what they're going to say to me. And I said, see, this is why you're sitting here talking to me. Your marriage is falling apart because you never pray in tongues about it. You're probably not being a good husband to your wife or a wife to your husband. You, sir. Your kids are out of control because you don't pray in tongues for them. You don't pray in tongues and figure it out. Your job's falling apart because you don't pray in tongues and fig- See, I wasn't being critical, but and then some smart aleck guy in my church came and made appointment. He Just that morning before he came to see me, he prayed 45 minutes so he could say, well, it's today. So I said to him, well, do you do that every day? Well, well, not actually. (laughs) See, he was going to try to put me off, you know, because he did it that day. But see, people aren't making spiritual progress. You know, if you're a real person, you know, real, and you understand reality, you probably got no people in your church, and they don't ever make any progress. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever. They're the same. They're not changing. They're the same. That's not a good way to be. If they're not spiritual. Now listen to me. If you want to move with God, I can help you. If you don't, then this is for, in, in, in vain for me to talk about it. But if you really want to change, you can change. The reason things aren't moving for you sometimes is you're not keeping pace with God. You're not building yourself up on your most holy faith. Let's read it right here in Jude. Let me show you this. Verse 20 of the book of Jude but you beloved building up yourselves on your most holy faith praying in the Holy Ghost so that's how you build yourself up on the inside spiritually you build yourself up you don't make more faith by praying in the spirit that's not the way faith comes faith comes by hearing the word I'm talking to you about praying in the Holy Ghost there's a realm of the spirit saith the spirit of God For you to walk in and talk in and yield to. And if you do, I'll bring you up higher and I'll bring you up higher and I'll bring you up stronger. And I'll cause you to begin to triumph where there's been failure before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what the Spirit of God just said to us. Glory to God. So sometimes, you know, we we thank God for church services and Bible studies and tapes and books and newsletters, etc. We thank God for all those things. But this is something that you can do anytime by yourself and improve yourself and be built up. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Everybody with me right now. One, two, three. Brassalabando robrocite brasia. Vando stele bai brossa bo, koschete le mando brossa e la va solo prende le vescia mangare bro cobri sta la barrota che rianda nemo massa brocisce che lei la mai mandololo pochecia brossa la binde le vescia o Prasonda le visce colò vrisce colò ma ca capalo vea, basta linda do rianga ndoccheia vasto let's stop a minute now see you can do that anytime you want praying in the spirit building yourself up on your most holy faith you can do that anytime you want in fact I'm going to stretch you a little here Uh, so I want you to know that and you know the more you do that guess what the more you're going to reap now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 a minute. I Something just the Lord just spoke to me. He said He wanted me to bring up to you. 1 Corinthians 14. And uh, <clears throat> verse 27 and 28. I want to talk to you about something I don't talk to everybody about a lot, but I want to bring it to your attention about praying in tongues. And it says here, 1 Corinthians 14, 20, 27, 28. If any man speak in a tongue... This is in a church service. Let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course, and let one interpret. In other words, they are not all trying to uh, speak together to give a public tongue an interpretation. How many know what I'm saying? We didn't give a public tongue. I ask you to pray with me. That's what I ask you to do if you prayed in the Spirit, and you responded, and that's good. Yeah, we can all do that. You know, the Bible's don't quote things out of context. You know, Paul was talking to him in another place that I'd rather speak five words with my understanding than 10,000 in an unknown tongue. But then again, you know, I'm giving an example to you by speaking in tongues, showing you how to do it and showing you about it, and I ask you to accompany me if you speak in tongues already, and so you responded. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm in charge of the service. We don't have to interpret that.
1: That's
0: right. Are you listening? Yes. Yeah. So I wanted, to, I wanted to make this clear, but I want to show you something that I learned a long time ago, but I don't hear a lot of people talk about it, but it talk, 1 Corinthians 14 and 27. If any This is in a public service here, but then it's going to say something that brings us over into some other thought. If any man speak, 27, 14, 27, in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three, and that by course or order, and let one interpret, have an interpreter. But if there be no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Now listen to that. He's keeping silent in a church service, but you could keep silent other places and still talk to God. Yes. Right. On the job. Riding a bus in a plane. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll do that on an airplane. Sometimes I'll put my my earbud in and won't put anything on and just sit there and and maybe move my lips a little bit. But I'm not making a lot of noise. I'm not bringing tension to myself. And I'm praying in other tongues. Yeah. I learned that when my wife was pregnant with Jessica. And I went with her to the OBGYN doctors. And be sitting in a room with a bunch of pregnant ladies and my wife. And I would just grab a magazine just look at it. But I wouldn't read anything. I just moved my lips like I was reading. I was praying in other tongues. I learned to be quiet and still pray in, inside of me to God. Amen. Are you, you listen to me.
1: Yes.
0: You've got to practice that. I mean, you know, because if your mind's scattered and you've got a lot of activity in your mind, you won't be able to do that. You, you, you won't be able to keep your attention over there, but you can learn. I learned, yes. I made myself learn Amen. to pray and yet be quiet. Now, that's not all the time. I'd rather give vent to it when I'm by myself or with other people that are praying. But I'm talking about in settings where I can't do that, I can still pray and keep silent at the same time. I'm praying in my spirit. Are you listening? (laughs) And you can train yourself to do that. And if you'll do that, you'll still be praying and building yourself up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he said, if there's no interpreter in the church, and he's talking about public tongues in the church. I'm not really dealing with that tonight. I'm dealing with you speaking in tongues personally in your personal prayer life to build yourself up and to communicate with God. That's what we've learned so far. We can communicate with God. He that speaks in a tongue speaketh unto God and not unto men. Isn't that right? So when I speak in tongues brosta la vista I'm talking to God. Now I wouldn't do the whole sermon like that because then you guys wouldn't be edified and you wouldn't know what I'm talking about and that's better to not do that in front of people that don't know anything about it but I'm kind of teaching you tonight because I think there's some here that are never been filled yet and some that have been filled but you don't give much you don't give much emphasis to it in your personal life, and therefore you're getting you're getting weaker on the inside when you should be building yourself up. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! So you can begin to do this. You know, you know. We understand we need help sometimes. All of us do. But listen to me here, just a minute. I'm talking, still talking about that verse that we looked at in Jude about building up ourself. And I brought this in because I wanted to show you you could. You could still be quiet and praying on the inside if you train yourself well. you got to train yourself to do that. Some, some other member of my church asked me that lately, and I tried to tell them, well, you just have to practice it. You have to practice it. If you've got a scattered mind, you're going to have to bring your mind under the authority of the Word. I would say to you, you just need to say, Now listen, you be still. And I'm going to concentrate on this, and I'm going to do what God's told me to do. So mind you just shut up. Yes. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you be still now on me. And you know, if you'll do that just in your everyday life, talk to your mind. Talk, talk to it. It'll obey you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not shooting this over your head, am I? No. It's not that hard to understand me, is it? No. Yeah, but you've got to learn to talk to yourself because your mind gets all... People get, you know, get scattered, get so many things in their head all the time, you know, and things like that, and there's no reason for that. We need to be people that are at peace, yes. peace with God. Yeah. And it'll be evident when you're around other people, you got peace, and you have authority too.
1: Yes.
0: You know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyway, I'm trying to help you tonight. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and you're going to have to give yourself to this over a period of time and sometimes you know you might have to you know other people want to do other things they're not evil or wrong or anything but you you can't do that and do what I'm teaching you to not very long because one's going to fight against the other eventually (laughs) hallelujah Hallelujah. going to be spiritual people going to put spiritual things first you know, and some people act like, "Well, that's really boring, Pastor Jacobs." I don't know why I'd want to do that. I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. Isn't it evident from our life at times when things are, you know, get fouled up with people and they just continue to go? I say it this way: Some people in my church they live in crisis. Every day's a crisis for them. Every week's a crisis for them. My God, I don't live like that anymore. I don't live like that. Do you listen to me? I don't live like that. Amen. I'm not about to live like that. I try to tell them how to get out of it and some of them just ignore me. Yes. they don't pay attention to anything I'm telling them. Well, If you don't do what your preachers tell you to do that you know they're teaching you from the Bible then you're just a failure. And you're going to continue to be a failure. I don't want you to be a failure. I want you to succeed. And you don't have to be in full-time ministry to succeed. There's plenty of preachers failing. But I'm talking to you about how to be successful. I don't care if you're a machinist, a housewife, a teenager, or whatever. <laughs> you're going to have to build yourself up in the Spirit and learn to put spiritual things first so that your spiritual life is, is cranking for you, and moving with you, and flowing with you, and God will flow with you because He's the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Praise the Lord. I'm getting excited a little bit here. I'm raising my voice a little bit. Acts chapter 10 here. And let's look at this passage of just a minute. Here's something else we can do. We can talk to God when we pray in tongues. We can build ourselves up on our most holy faith when we pray in tongues. We're not building our faith, but listen to me. If you have faith because you've been under a word person a preacher or a minister that has the Word and is ministering the Word to you, then you have faith. But now listen, that faith won't go anywhere unless you know how to release it. Yeah. And when you're praying in tongues, you're, you're, you're stimulating the faith you have so that that faith can be released Amen. with full punch to it. Boom. You know what I'm saying? I remember one time I was in South America a few years ago and a lady got in the prayer line and said, I've got a tumor under my armpit. And I said, how big is it? She said, about that big. And I said, I cursed that in the name of Jesus and commanded it to dissolve. And then we took a break. I said, go to the restroom, check yourself, lady. She came back screaming. She said, my God is gone. Hallelujah. Well, now that's some, that's some faith that was ready to be released. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm not bragging on me. I'm just talking about when you're prayed up and you release faith. There's something in that faith because it's been, it's been built up and whatever faith you have is ready to be released yes. and to do something for somebody. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I went to the state mental hospital in Louisville a few years ago to pray for a guy that's all messed up. I knew him because he, he got saved under my ministry a long time ago, 30 years ago. And then he got back in drugs. He had a dysfunctional family, two brothers that were idiots. They were drunk all the time, beating their wives. They were crazy guys. He was the youngest of three. And bless his mom's heart. She she loved me and, and she called me and said, Pastor Jacobs, would you go pray for John? He's in the state mental hospital in Louisville. And he's in trouble. And I went over there, you know, and I cast the devil out of him in the mental hospital. And he got out in three days. But you can't do that if you don't do what I'm teaching here because the devil just stand and look at you. I mean, you know. I did, I mean you know what I'm saying. I didn't you know I'm just talking. If you're built up then you have faith to do things like that. And you ought to be doing things like that. That was listed under Mark sixteen, the same with speaking in tongues, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall cast out demons, they'll lay hands on us. That's all for believers that believe in the name, not fivefold minister. Of course, I do that too because I have additional equipment in my mantle and my office of ministry is a prophet. But I was doing that long before I stood in any of that. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I just started believing the Bible. Made you dangerous when you start believing the Bible. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want you to see if you're excited with me tonight. I I want to know if you're interested in changing your life forever. Praise the Lord. I'm in Acts 10 here. Let's look at it a minute. It says, uh, while Peter, Acts 10:44. 44, you, you, this is a big, I uh, won't explain it all, but let's just read it from 44 on. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, he's still preaching, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. You know, even you tonight that are not filled, that Holy Ghost could fall on you while I'm preaching. And just fill you right up. And then when I say, okay, let's pray in tongues, you just start speaking out. And you'd never done that before that moment. But anyway, the Holy Ghost fell on them and while Peter was speaking to them about this. And they of the circumcision, which believed, were astonished. That's the Jewish believers that were with Peter, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember what happened in Acts 2 and 4 earlier? said they were filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. That's exactly what happened here. The Holy Ghost was poured out on them. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Notice that. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So speaking in tongues can be used in praise and worship to magnify God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you do that much in your private life, but you ought to start. Yes, sir. Now, sometimes Jessica, my daughter, she'll lead us, you know, and we'll start singing in the Spirit some uh, occasionally, but we need to be doing that in our personal life. Yeah. You don't have to have a great voice to do that. I don't have a great voice, but some, I just begin to thank God for something He's doing, and, and I begin to thank Him, and I just run out of English. say, oh, bros la bacia, mango recita matala and I may sing a little too you know I don't have a good singing voice but I can sing I can make a joyful noise hey, if you guys start doing this you're going to see your life will change It'll change if you'll do this. And you do this consistently, you know, and you don't do it like once a week or once a month. Or, but but you're, you're learning about it, and you're expanding. You're in, you know your insides can be expanded too? I'm talking about your spirit man, your inner man. He can be expanded. And when that expands, your capacity for God enlarges. Your capacity for the supernatural expands. Now, today in my life at 63, you know, I'll be 64, like I said, in about four or five weeks. I'm having things happen now I never had happen before in my spiritual life. And I'm having things happen more regularly now than I ever had in my 30s because I've stayed with it. I got spirit-filled at 28. I've been speaking in tongues every day since then. Sometimes long periods of time, sometimes not so long. But I try to make a habit of doing that and doing that a lot. And I can magnify God and praise Him in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I don't have to have Jessica lead me in that, you know what I mean? As a human being, I could just get over in the Spirit and say, Father, I just thank You for camp this year. It's been the most precious for me. And it has been for me. Mm -hmm. You all have made it precious for me. Praise the Lord. Listen, there's all kinds of things in the Spirit that we could learn about and talk about. I'm just giving you some highlights here. You can begin to magnify God in praise and worship and giving of thanks that's in the Spirit. That's in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to hurry on here, but I, I want to... Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about something here. Go to chapter 8 of Romans. You still here? I'm cutting back a little bit because I don't want to wear you out either. I've been going for a little while here. But Romans chapter 8. uh, Let's look at something here. Romans 8, 26 and 27. Praise the Lord. We're talking about praying in other tongues. What can you do? You can talk to God. You could magnify God and worship Him in tongues and in the Spirit. Uh, you, you could build yourself up on your most holy faith. And here it says in Romans eight twenty six and 27, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. In other words, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. Now make a note of that. We don't know what we should pray for as we ought. It's not that we don't know that we should pray, but we don't know in some cases how to pray for something as we should. But the Spirit and the next word should say himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And translating that correctly, it should be, the Holy Spirit helps us as we make intercession, sometimes even with groanings, which cannot be released in our articulate speech, or we would say it in English language. Are you listening to me? I want to give you three examples of that in my life where the Lord's used me. First of all, I have a sister. Her name is Teresa. And she was working at a place, you know, and, and the employer or the, her boss, he, had, uh, he was kind of rude and he was kind of ungodly. So he made a move on my sister, who's a very committed Christian young woman. Uh, and uh, I think he tried to touch her or something. Now, I didn't know all this. I just woke up one night and had my sister on my, on my, my heart. And so I got up out of bed and went in the living room prayed in tongues for about 45 minutes and all of a sudden, boom, I hit a note of victory. I know that's taken care of. I don't know what it's about yet. But I called her the next day and I said, hey sis, what, what's happening with you? I picked you up in the spirit. I noticed something's amiss here. And I felt like I had pay dirt down through here and she said, well Michael, you didn't know this but the guy I worked for, he made a move on me and I needed to get a new job immediately. I'm not gonna put up with that. And she said, I went today and the guy hired me and said, You're the least qualified of the three girls I talked to, but I want you to work for me. And I said, Well I prayed for you last night. See, then she's not even Pentecostal girl. She's a Christian church person. And she said, You what? And I said, Yeah, I prayed in tongues for you. She said, Well it had to have been God because you didn't know any of this in the natural. See, I didn't know but I knew something was the matter with my sister. And I don't, we don't talk like regularly every week or nothing. So, I mean, it was kind of a big thing for her to, she kind of, she's not much on Pentecostalism that I know of, but she treats me with respect after that. Then I remember uh, I had a lady come to my church a long time ago. And uh, she was not saved. And she was dating a guy in my church. And so I got in prayer one night on a Sunday night, I'll never forget it. I got in prayer. <clears throat> her name was Tammy. And I was in my office praying and all of a sudden I went into some other level of travail like I was lost. I felt, I felt removed from God for several minutes there as I prayed. And at first I wasn't sure what was happening to me and freaked me out a little bit. But I saw later the Lord explained it to me. He said, you took on the characteristics of Tammy momentarily to pray her to make a decision. So that night was a Sunday night, I never, and it only, only lasted about 10 minutes. I just started out, and I said, Father, I'm going to pray for Tammy. I know she needs to make a decision. And I certainly don't want her marrying the guy in my church if she's not saved, because he's already, you know, carnal enough. <laughs> anyway, and I prayed. I started praying maybe 10 minutes. I felt alienated from God, and I thought this has to be a work of the Spirit because I'm praying for her. And I felt, I felt lost for about 10 minutes there, like I'm lost, you know. That made me disturbed a little. And then when I came back to myself, the Lord said, you just prayed her in. I prayed her in. He said, yeah, when you're in the service tonight, give an invitation and she'll come forward. So I got, I got, I don't know what I preached on that night, but it got to the time of invitation. I said, if you're here tonight and you're not born again, you know it, you want to be. Here she came right down the aisle and got saved. Hallelujah. 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 See, I'm giving some illustrations of things that God, you know, God will quicken something to you. And maybe you don't know everything about how to pray it out, but the Holy Spirit is in there to help you pray it. And then I have a pastor friend. His name is Pastor Charles Kerberg. Some of you may know him. I don't know. I, I think he pastors in uh, Clarksville today, perhaps. But anyway, I, I woke up over a two- or three-week period, three different evenings at night, middle of the night, like 2 o'clock. And the Lord said, get up and pray for Charles, Pastor Charles. So I got up and I began to intercede. I didn't know why I was praying about I just said, Father, I'm going to obey you and yield to you. And And I began to pray in the Spirit. Prayed about 45 minutes each of those three times. And the third time that happened, that next morning he called me about 10 o'clock in the morning. He said, uh, Pastor Michael, I wanted you to know that I wrecked my car today. And I rolled it over into a, a stream And I said, well, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I got out before it flooded out. And I don't know why I'm calling you, but I just wanted to call. I said, well, I picked you up. This is the third time, last night, third time. And I prayed through to victory. So I knew that I had a portion of that victory for him because I gave myself to pray for him three different times for about 45 minutes. Now, I'm not saying that to brag on me. I'm saying that to say to you, there can be things that you pray about at times and you know that somebody needs help but you don't know exactly how to help them. Right. Sometimes I get in prayer for people in my church and I will pray and pray and, I'll, and then the Lord will show me more and, and sometimes I'll call them and I'll say, you know, I was praying last night or yesterday or whatever and I picked you up in prayer and this is what I saw. And I remember uh, one couple I talked to about it. I said, are you guys ever going to do anything about that in your marriage? Or are you just going to let it deteriorate? My God, you, God showed you that? I said, yeah, he did. Why don't you come talk to me about it? Well, they came in talked to me and got it worked out. Stayed married and everything. Praise the Lord.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah. See, there's lots of things that sometimes you, 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 maybe even your parents need help. I mean, your prayer help. How about your pastor? Yeah. Not that he's wrong or anything, but he's, he, he's the point of the arrow, you know, as the head of the local church. And you're all being ministered to by him or her or both of them. They could use some prayer support. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I'm talking to you here about some things. And sometimes, you know, you're in a setting like that. Even, i got to be honest and say sometimes, you know, as a pastor, I'm praying for people that are uh, we might say desperately sick. And uh, <clears throat> the Lord has always dealt with me straight, and sometimes he's let me turn it for people, and sometimes he said they're going to go home. No matter how much you pray right now, he, they're going to go home. And so I say, okay. you know. And then i got to make arrangements to pray differently. How am I going to minister to that family? Things like that. Don't get disgusted with me. Don't get depressed over this just listen to me you can learn something if you'll pray enough God will show you about people and show you if things can change and how to change it and you could be a benefit to them or even if for some reason there's unseen things and things you don't really know about now, sometimes people have passed and the Lord I said will don't you talk to me about that and sometimes he said okay I'll tell you why and other times he said it's none of your business you did your part Michael just leave it with me so in things like that I have to just leave it with him you know because God's in charge, I'm not. But a lot of times He uses me to help people to get it turned or get it changed or get it helped. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're talking about some wonderful things here. I hope you're listening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> now, let's talk about this, this last thing for just a minute and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for some of you. Go to Isaiah 28 with me. Isaiah... We're still talking about speaking in other tongues and what it accomplishes when we give ourselves to do that. And uh, here's an interesting thing. It tells us that speaking in other tongues will do. And here in Isaiah 28, it says in verse 11 and 12. I'll let you find that if you want. Isaiah 28, verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. He's talking about... Speaking in other tongues, to whom he said, "This is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing." Yet they would not hear. So we see here that speaking in other tongues can be a rest for you and a refreshing. Hallelujah, a rest and a refreshing. Speak, you know, and so speaking in tongues isn't always just super intense where we're dealing with somebody's life or death. But sometimes speaking in tongues, it's just take some time and, and begin to pray in the Spirit and receive the refreshing that comes from the Spirit and the rest that comes from God to your Spirit. Are you listening? Yeah. Yeah. I know somebody asked Smith Swigglesworth sometime, and they said, well, you never take a vacation or anything. And he said, he said, I do. And he started praying in tongues, and he said, that's the way I get my rest and refreshing. Hallelujah. So there's a rest for you and a refreshing for you, every one of you, if you'll spend time praying in other tongues. And he tells us there, this is the rest and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. See, some people get in their mind over that and they say, well, how could praying in tongues bring rest and refreshing to me? I don't have to figure it out, I just have to believe it. I have to believe that if I do it... See, what happens is, if we don't put a very big value on praying in tongues, we never do it. We never do it with any kind of intensity, never with any length to it or anything, because we're thinking, what is this doing anyway? I don't even know what I'm saying. You get back in your head and you start thinking, well, I don't know what I'm saying. Maybe you don't know what you're saying right then because the Holy Spirit is helping. He's giving the utterance, but you're doing the speaking. But if you trust Him... As you do the speaking, like in this case with rest and refreshing, you're going to start being rested and refreshed and not worn out and burn out and all that kind of stuff. Things just get on your nerves all the time and everything else. How many are listening? Yes, I'm telling you, I could go on and on, but I think that's pretty good. Uh, and I wanted us to do something together for just a minute here. and uh, And then I'm going to do something else here, but let's... Let's do this first of all. I want us to stand up, and I want us, you all have different pastors and things, but I want you to pray with me, and I'm going to pray for my spiritual father, Dr. Dufresne.